At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. here wesley euler arthur motes on snr we're joined now by our day one on this program he is our good friend of the show he is our first friend on the show covers the Steelers for the post gazette mr brian Vacco. what's up cousin how we been doing great as far as news in the sports world to be honest i'm just celebrating the end of the jim Beheim era at syracuse <laughs> and in and in college basketball uh not not a Beheim fan at all you know there's like there's some legendary venerable old coaches who when they retire you kind of lift all the dislike that you've had for them and you and you just kind of step back and say you know what you have to respect what he's done and I guess all these years later I, I liked rooting against him that's not Beheim for me I can't stand <laughs> that guy I hope he has a miserable retirement um yeah good riddance <laughs> I know you won't be saying those same things about Bob Huggins when he hangs it up back, though, all right? So I'll let, I know I'll let it slide with Bayhon out here. But I'm going to say, that... tell them how you really feel. Hold like, on, though. Know... Now, listen. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, though, I mean, guys like Jim Calhoun and Coach K, like, they were they were kind of villains unless you rooted for their team when they coached. But when they were tired, I feel like you could kind of be like, ah, you know what? Sure. You, you respect it. You know, there, there were a lot of, like, I kind of wish I would have been a fan of their team. It's no Bayheim was so cranky and annoying by the end with every single thing he did. He couldn't even really go out with much <laughs> class the other day. So yeah, I'm just yeah, uh, I'm happy situation to see him that, What a weird situation that transpired there. Like you lose a game on a buzzer beater, yeah. and then he goes and does his press conference where he's like, "I'm retired," but I don't know if I'm retired. But just ask yeah. the university. And then 15 minutes later, they put out a statement: he's retired, and we, yeah. here's his replacement coach already. Like that's that's one thing you really never get, I guess. It, well, I was gonna say you never get that in the NFL, but you 
you get that more with players than coaches, I guess, yeah. in the NFL. Because I yeah, saw some yeah. people comparing the Bayheim situation to like what Aaron Rodgers is doing right yeah. now, where you know he's like occasionally he says stuff either publicly or through some sort of source, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's just like, come on, guys, you know, get over yourself a little bit. At least Rodgers, I think, could could still help a team. I mean, we'll. We'll see. He's obviously on the downward trajectory, but I think he could still be good for a Jets or a Raiders. I mean, maybe he'll have a team uh, by the time people listen to this, uh, you know, if it's in podcast form or whatever. But yeah, these wishy-washy retirements, at least when NFL coaches hang it up for the most part, they're kind of just they're just done. And there's not a lot of uh, hullabaloo, although I guess Bill Belichick will be the the ultimate test of that. How does he go yeah, out? He's going to have his hullabaloo. Uh, That'll be interesting. Andy Reid. I, don't know. I, I think see, he will, man. I can see yeah. Belichick just like quietly slinking off without any uh, fanfare, but but who knows? It'll be interesting. It certainly no, will. Yeah, will. Jim Beheim um, fading into the night without much of a bang, without much of a whimper. I don't think we expect that same from Lamar Jackson. I mean, what a transition right there. I tell you what. Uh, Who what doesn't do make- compare Jim Beheim to Lamar Jackson, you know? I mean, they're both pretty electric, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Box off. Um, just Revolutionary. This- <laughs> Change the game. Change the game. How does this uh, How does this Lamar Jackson situation play out? You know, Moats and I kind of laid out in the last segment, you know, only one time in league history has someone been – placed on a non-exclusive franchise tag, and then another team came in and swooped that person away. It was 25 years ago now. It was a pit grad, if I'm not mistaken, right? An Aliquippa legend, Sean Gilbert. An legend, Sean Gilbert, who went from Washington to Carolina. Uh, like like, 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 like many Like many Western Pennsylvanians, right, moved south from <laughs> right. Carolinas in the latter stages of his career. Um how do you think this gets resolved? Do you see a team who comes in and is willing to give up the, the two first-round draft picks? Do you think that this is just a negotiation tactic and Lamar was always destined to end up with the Ravens? Where do you see this going from here? Yeah, that's that's hard to say, obviously. I mean, it's the biggest question surrounding the NFL right now. I, I kind of, in my gut, think that this gets patched up to some degree with Baltimore and he finds his way back there. And, you know, they'll – they're a smart organization. They're, they're one of the smartest franchises in the NFL, probably in pro sports. And I think they will find a way to get the messaging out there that bygones will be bygones. It's water under the bridge. We're happy to have Lamar. We wanted him all along, but it was also business. And if they take care of him, you know, in the right way, maybe do some other stuff on the side to make it more palatable for him. Perhaps Lamar can can go along with that as well. Obviously, right now they're at loggerheads a little bit, and there's no easy fix and no easy way out. But I just keep coming back to everything that the front office there and John Harbaugh has said publicly. He's just been so outwardly confident and bullish on the fact that he's going to be there for the long term. Um, I, I guess I just think this will be a bump in the road or a blip on the radar when we look back years from now. But uh, it sure is interesting, and it does have a lot of people talking about, is the league colluding against him? Or, and I tend to fall more on this side, actually, there are some legitimate concerns with Lamar. For all of the good, all of the the pros on the left side of the, the column there, 
Um, you know, the injuries are a real thing. The, I, I think, longevity worries about playing style. How long will he be as effective as he is right now? And there's also been some of the immature social media distraction type stuff in his past that it wouldn't shock me if it does give some teams some pause about going to get him for this exorbitant amount. I do. I definitely hear what you're saying with all that, man. Like, I think you... Lamar's a great player. I don't Yeah. I don't buy the, you know, the people who are like, oh, well, man, teams are worried about his arm strength. Yeah. His like, <laughs> no, have you watched the guy play? Like, that, that yeah. narrative is bad. But I think some of the other stuff, you know, the mm-hmm. the contract demands and the unorthodox method of negotiating yeah. with no true agent. And again, yeah, that is true. Some of, yes. some of the Twitter foolishness that's that's been out there. And, you know, obviously there's always going to be that question of could he have come back last year uh, or was he more worried about his money? So, um, you know, I think there is some of that that's bubbling up in the background more than concerns about, you know, how good of a quarterback, quote unquote, quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I guess my thing was how, I guess, were you surprised at all, though, with some of these teams like the Falcons, like the Commanders going out early and essentially saying that they're not even interested any longer when we're talking about some of the things you're speaking on? A former league MVP has a lot of positives, but at the same time, we can understand some of the questions surrounding him. But we also see league wide in the history of the league. How they look at quarterbacks. I mean, Daniel Jones got 40 the other day with Saquon getting 10. We know the premium that we put on quarterbacks. So were you a little surprised that Lamar initially right now being on the open market hasn't had the interest that most people would have thought he would have received? Yeah, that part of it's unusual for sure. But I think it it could be kind of an overcorrection to what you just brought up, Moats. I mean, if, if teams are getting wiser about roster construction and how you're allocating so much of your salary cap. I don't think anybody's going to be in a rush to go do the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Again, I think the Kyler Murray contract probably already has some teams taking a look in the mirror saying, we don't want that to be us. So, um, you know, yeah, you'd think and generally over the course of the, this league, uh, the national football league, (laughs) there's always been a team that uh, is willing to take that big swing and go for high reward, even if it's high risk. But this might be a case where, yeah, there, there's just more and more teams who are saying, um, you know, we, we think it, it could behoove us to win with a young quarterback who's on a rookie deal or somebody more affordable and build a team up around him rather than just be the next organization in line to give out mm-hmm. this record-setting, market-altering yeah. deal to a quarterback who, again, as we just talked about, you know, close to a slam dunk, but but not quite there because there are some some little picadillos mm-hmm. that might have you uh, just doubting yourself a little bit. Well, you know, speaking of doubt and quarterbacks and all these things, uh, another guy that I wanted to get your opinion on is Aaron Rodgers. Um, have the Jets kind of handcuffed themselves? You know, Motsi was talking about this in our previous segment of how they've swung and missed so many times, you know, with, with top two, top three draft picks recently, right? Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson. Have the Jets kind of handcuffed themselves to Aaron Rodgers? And is there any like, – like, do you really think that Aaron Rodgers is gung-ho to come back and return to a franchise like the Jets or that this could all just kind of be a, a long play for him to either retire or get more of what he wants from Green Bay? 
I can't see it. I can't see Rodgers with the Jets for some reason. That, yeah, me like, either. For a while Five now. Five did I think, it. Five <laughs> did it. <laughs> well, that I think is part of it too is like, you know, he's got rabbit ears. If there's any player in the NFL who I feel like is kind of hyper self-aware about oh, the yeah. legacy and his place in, in NFL quarterback history, I, I don't see him wanting to go down the, the path of the same guy that he's already – going to be compared to forever you know long after they're both dead and gone so forever. yeah you're gonna take the Vi- was- so he'll take the vikings to an nfc championship game in like three years is what you're telling me you know unless Stay he just tuned. wants to go Stay full tuned. troll then then i would support it but uh no i mean not only that piece of it but when i was just watching him toward the end of last season with green bay and even the season before i look at a guy who i think he, he still has his fastball at times but i, I think it would really be beneficial for him to go to a warm weather or a dome team man like mm-hmm. i think that could extend not only his career but his uh, you know his effectiveness doing what he does so that's why i thought the raiders could make a lot of sense one of those nfc south teams but there's just it, it's so many weird fits when when you talk about rogers and i know people have mentioned the new york media market and and the pressure that would put on him would he love that would he hate that i don't know i guess robert sala could be a a plus for him because he's a defensive minded head coach who maybe just let you go do your own thing and, and not meddle with you mm. too much. And, and you can essentially be the head coach for the offense, which I feel like he already was for a long time yeah. in Green Bay. <laughs> so, so that part of it could, could make some sense for him, but I just cannot picture Rogers in a Jets Jersey, the, the team that he'd be stepping into, um, you know, I, I could get why he'd be tempted by yeah. that situation, yeah. you know, you got the yeah. offensive and defensive rookie of the year. You got a lot of other good things in place for you there. The the dynamic with him and Zach Wilson would frankly be hilarious because Zach Wilson's already said what he's going to make whatever vet's life they bring in here a living hell. Like, good luck doing that with Rogers, buddy. It, that that might something might have to shake there. But uh, no, I, I don't. I can't see it in the end. I know they're going through this whole long negotiation process, but if there were, you know. If there were ever another shoe to drop or the bottom to fall out at the last minute, it would be an Aaron Rodgers-Jets marriage, wouldn't it? No, nah, no question. It definitely would. But we've been talking all this quarterback talk, and I know Wes loves quarterback talk. But, man, we got to talk about a real position with a real player that did just hit the market, Eric Kendricks, man. What you thinking? Money-wise, can we make it work? Is there any interest? And does it make sense? Oh, I just feel like Steelers and inside linebackers, specifically <laughs> veteran ones, like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me five times, times at the, <laughs> six times at this point. I mean, yeah, it's been really difficult for them to get it right. And it seems like any guy, I know we've talked about this before on the show, it seems like any guy they put their chips on, it just turns out that he's not really a good fit. He can't run anymore. He's overpriced. He's not healthy. Like, Hey, maybe maybe Kendricks will could be the cure all for that, but uh, I I think they need to they need to try to get younger and finally hit on a rookie at the position. Yeah. I'm I'm eyeing it uh, as I've said before in in round three or four maybe here coming up in the draft. If if somebody from that upper tier of inside backers slips, then maybe you talk me into it at 49th overall, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as Kendrick goes, I think you already kind of have that type of dude uh, on your roster in Miles Jack, and yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. He could be a surprising cap casualty, I guess. Um, you know, we've got another what seventy-two hours to sort of speculate on 
who will or won't be back on this Steelers team. Uh, although I guess in, in terms of the, the holdovers who are still under contract, they, they could uh, have their fate sealed at any time. But uh, those unrestricted free agents, we're going to have some some clarity on them very soon, maybe even as we speak. Who knows? I'm not on the old Twitter machine at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think uh, – Eric Kendrick's good player, but uh, I don't think you can keep throwing Band-Aids at, at inside linebacker if you're the Steelers right now. And I think we'd probably all agree that there's there's not a guy there at 17 that you'd be willing to spend that that capital on. But let's talk about that 17th pick now in the uh, in the post combine aftermath here with Brian Backel, our buddy of the Post Gazette, who's with us here on SNR. Hypothetical scenario, okay. Um, what if I'm Mike Tomlin? I don't do hypotheticals. I don't do hypotheticals. <laughs> well, um, listen, I'm going to hand you some red paint and ask you to paint this barn red, okay? Uh, or maybe some red and some yellow paint and see which one you want to go with here. Maybe that's the better analogy. Pick 17 rolls around, and you've got, let's say, Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright type still available, right? You've got Joey Porter Jr. still available. What direction are you headed? Did you leave the combine with a – realistically, if this guy's there at 17, that's my home run. That's the guy that I that I rush to the podium to take. I don't need to land the plane until it's time to land the plane, Wes. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think the combine, I'm never somebody who overreacts or, you know, jumps sure, guys sure. way up or down the board based on, you know, their 40 time or the position drills or, or any of that. But, I think a guy like Joey Porter Jr. only helped himself, only further cemented himself as it relates to the Steelers as somebody who, if, if he's there and you make that pick, you're not reaching. You're not forcing this, you know, feel-good story. You're, you're getting a really good player who has good film, has decent numbers, who has the pedigree, obviously, and now on top of it, has that that strong uh, combine performance, and we know the personal connection that he has. It's just real tough for me, guys, to, to think the Steelers would pass on that if he's on the board at, at 17. I mean, hey, if you if you pass on him for an O-lineman or D-lineman, you're going to get the question, why didn't you draft the son of, uh, of one of your franchise legends? But at, that, at least at that point, you can say we had, you know, we had needs. Position and need, yeah. And, and, and we had those guys graded highly. But if you took another corner over him, it'd be pretty tough to uh, you know talk your way around that, I think. And I just really can't imagine it happening. So all things being equal, I think the, the, the need for a, a shutdown corner is there. The player's good. The backstory is, w- would be very similar to going and getting Kenny Pickett last year at 20th mm-hmm. overall. So it just it continues to be something that makes too much sense to me and a lot of those mock drafts gurus out there who um, I feel like more often than not I see Porter Jr. projected to the Steelers I'm with you I think the only way I see them taking another corner is if one of the big two in terms of uh, Gonzalez or Witherspoon were to somehow fall which I don't anticipate I don't see how that happens but I think that would be the only way potentially where we could see so you think there's a lot of separation between those two and and Joey Jr. I want to say, I wanna say a lot of separation. I think with Gonzalez, though, I think with him, I like his game a lot. But it's more so just pick your poison, right? Those two guys are definitely more of like the man-to-man variety, whereas with Joey Porter, he has man, but he also has that long frame-to-zone element to it. So 
like you said, I mean, you could work with all three of them, but that would be literally the only thing that I could see potentially making it a little bit interesting at that 17 spot. Yeah. I mean, they haven't had a corner like Joey Porter Jr. in a yeah. long time on this team. I mean, even right now, you know, Akello Witherspoon, he's, he's a tall, long guy, but he, he might be cooked <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and he's not the most physical player. We know that. So, um, you know, they, they Levi Wallace, more of a finesse player. We know Cam Sutton is kind of a do it all. Uh-huh. Joey Porter would be that big. And yeah. You might need that big guy on the outside matching up in this particular division with uh-huh. players like T Higgins, Rashad Bateman. If the if if he and the Ravens don't hate I was each other, say, by what's that looking like camp, man? rolls Jeez. around. Um, but hey, you know, if, if one of those teams goes out and drafts a, uh, you know, if the Ravens go out and draft a Quinton Johnston or or somebody like that, um, you know, you're 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 trying to match up with these guys so uh yeah and you know mike williams with the chargers you know they're uh in in your conference as well so i i think you you have a real need for not only that position but even that type of player right now with with young peasy now i did have another question um we did see where they still is met with uh brian Brissy, the d lineman out of clemson any thoughts on potentially him being the guy that we take i like Brissy. i mean i i know that it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Landon Dickerson discussion a couple years ago mm, when, when he okay. was coming out of as the as a center slash interior lineman from Alabama. Everybody liked the player and in, in the film and for the Steelers, what, what he would have provided their O-line. But there were a lot of questions with injuries with him. And Brissy's similar. I mean, he, he was banged up pretty much throughout his entire career at Clemson. But he was the number one overall recruit in his class. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the. The pure physical gifts are there. I think you do see it flash uh, on the film for him, even if he wasn't on the field as much as you would have wanted. And I think that's the type of of lineman uh, that the Steelers need at this point. You know, I see people mocking, you know, Keon White or Lucas Van Ness to them. I personally feel like you already sort of have that chess piece in DeMarvin Leal. Now, we'll, we'll see what he, what becomes of him and if he can – sort of reach his potential and his ceiling. But don't forget that Liao was looked at as a clear-cut first-rounder before a little bit of a disappointing uh, final season at Texas A&M. So I'm not rushing to get another similar player in here. Don't don't get me wrong. You can use both in a lot of different situations. But Brissy, you know, can come right in. And I think he could play inside for you when you're in the Mm -hmm. 3-4. I think he could play next to Cam Hayward when you're in nickel and dime. I think he's got that type of versatility if he's healthy. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I see him slipping down some boards, but I, I thought he did fine for himself at, at the combine. I mean, you know, he, he looked athletic enough, showed why he was this blue chip five-star guy. And it would also be uh, a nice story. He's from, uh, you know, Damascus, Maryland, I believe, not too far yeah. from here. You know, the Brissy family could could make frequent trips up to Acrisure Stadium to see the guy. That they could. Now, would they take the turnpike and cut through Breezewood, right? Or would they go 68 through Cumberland and up 79? I don't know. That would Depends on the traffic situation. <laughs> Depends on the traffic situation and if they are uh, concerned with play- paying all those turnpike tolls. Got to check uh, ways. Oh, he'd be able to afford that if he goes 17th. Yeah. He could get a, brief, a Breezy pass. Oh, like geez. A Breezy <laughs> pass. I see what you did there. I, see, I should let you go on that one. Real quick, before we before we depart, uh, this is the last time we'll talk before free agency. So, if you had to make a prediction, first move the Steelers make when free agency opens is it to re-sign one of their own? Is it uh 
Is it a small, maybe minor move to supplement a position group in free agency? Could it be a big splash, like bringing in someone like Tremaine Edmonds? If, if you had to guess right now, first move the Steelers make when free agency opens. I think they'll sign Cam Sutton. I think that's okay. the first order of business. I mean, he, he would be at the top of my priority list if I were Omar Khan. I've always thought that, that they were going to find their way back to each other here uh, in the offseason. Maybe they would have already done it, if not for some of the paperwork. I mean, his contract voided last month because of that right. uh, restructure right. They, right. they did with him. Or otherwise, they might have already inked that deal. So I, I think they'll get that done fairly quickly. And then to me, it becomes, you know, does Larry Joby come back? And if so... Is it right away, or do they kind of give him a chance to see what else is out there? Same goes for yeah. Terrell Edmonds. Same goes for Robert Spillane. So uh, Sutton is, is the one to me that he wants to be back. They want him back for sure in my mind. That's why I think that'll be the first move, and it'll also um, you know, kind of be the, the first domino to fall because he's definitely yep. a starter, and uh, it'll kind of affect uh, you know how much money you have to spend elsewhere yeah. at other positions in need. I think that's smart. I think that's a good call. I think we're all on the same page of that. Uh, same page as you there. Let's get Cam Sutton signed. Get that priority off the board. Keep him home. Keep him home. Keep him home. And, home, uh, and Keep see, him home. see where we go from there. Our buddy, Brian Backo, make sure you're checking out his work in the Post-Gazette. Uh, always showing him some love as he uh, as he joins us here throughout the offseason. Kind enough to do. Buddy, thank you for the time. As always, we appreciate it. And we'll yes, talk soon. All righty, guys. Have a nice weekend. You as well, too. There he goes, Mr. Brian Backo, Jim Beheim's biggest hater on the program with us here. We're going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we'll get to your tweets. Time's yours. When we return on the other side, we'll turn it over to you. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, the Steelers Blitz on SNR. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.